There we go. Some guy smacks a hay bale and all of a sudden he's a genius. <laughs> That's how it works, man. You didn't know that? <laughs> I'm looking for I my next smack hay bale. A hay bale now. Me too. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope it's gonna that take me a while to live that down. I think. Huh? <laughs> no. Hey, that's that's a cool story, though. You know, that's you a know story what? You tell the grandkids. When, when you when you can when you can say, "Hey, guys, I got a bail." It's hilarious. Oh, it is freaking yeah. hilarious. <laughs> Poor Ryan. Hey. <laughs> I got a bail. Come on. <laughs> Tell me that's not like the funniest thing ever. Uh, that's not bad. And the first time I said it, I didn't even think anything about the hay bale of hay. So it just came out natural. <laughs> well, we you know it came out natural. Look at your foot. <laughs> you should have seen the look on the girl's face at the shoe store when he said, I only need one right shoe. <laughs> Shaquilla, are you there? Yes, I'm here. We we don't see you. Um. So whatever you did before, we need you to do it again. Sorry. Okay. Hey Shaquilla. Yeah. You have a web page or a YouTube channel or an Instagram page or anything that you want shared? She is so new, she doesn't even... Yeah, I mean, it doesn't so even easy. necessarily have to be PPG-related, just something to share about you. Um, you don't really have to, I mean... Much, but it's not I, a problem. We don't, we don't need to share anything right now. Don't worry about it. Okay. Hey, you guys Thanks, JP. Thanks, JP, for making the guests nervous. We, we, <laughs> right. we, we cannot see you. Uh, I need uh, your Facebook page and your credit card number and your social security. <laughs> so, uh, go ahead and put that in the chat. What I need for you is to send me $200 in Google Play cards. <laughs> Get a Nigerian prince that wants to send you some money. <laughs> it's, it's, I inherited $175 million. I just need you to give me hundred grand for the taxes and I'll give you $3 million, no problem. Heck of a deal. <laughs> Are you guys able to see me now? No, uh, no, we're not. I'm not sure oh. what's going on. What about now? No, um, in the audio, this... we can barely hear you. You you might want to try um, logging in and using the uh, internet call instead of um, cell phone call. That's okay. probably, that's probably what happened. Yeah, video and audio over internet. So did you guys hear about that one dude that just went to Denny's and flew to Denny's? That was, that was pretty cool. Weird. That was some weird guy. <laughs> that retired guy used his ARP card? <laughs> That's funny. You're all proud. Guy, you save like, you guy, save like ten. You save like ten percent, right, on your AARP card. You know it. The guy who did it all special with a broken kill switch. <laughs> that was weird. I I couldn't believe. It. I was like, what's going on? I can't kill. The the, the wire the wire broke off. I broke my Sean, kill switch. 
16 hours into uh, my motor. I did the exact same thing to mine, Sean. It came apart right at the exact same connection. But that was, it was on his it was on his glider wing though, when he was glide, uh, paragliding. Me now? Yes, we see yes. you sideways. Okay, great. We see you sideways. You might need to go sideways and sideways. Not try or just to leave it straight up and down for JP. My uh, my kill switch went out on my there motor. There we go. There we go. Less than five hours, my kill switch went out. Wow. All right. Well, that's we are because we had to bail. <laughs> we are two minutes <laughs> past seven, so we're going to go live real quick so our peeps aren't sitting there twiddling their thumbs wondering what's going on. Yeah. Uh, once again, something happens and uh, you can't hear me. Somebody just jump in and start talking and make sure that we. Uh, That'll be Kevin. Kevin's our jump in talker guy. I'm a jumper talker guy. Kevin, don't bail on us. Ah! Well, <clears throat> so, so this I is. Out, I'm sorry, Brian. <laughs> this is episode oh, what? 20, 20 what? 26? <sighs> I don't keep track of the episodes. Crap. I can't remember. Well, I guess you told him, Kevin. Jeez. And, and Linda, if anybody gets out of control, you just throw them a doggy treat. Yeah, <laughs> 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 doggy treats. You gotta get that. You gotta get the package of Costco pre-cooked bacon. That way, you all you gotta do is just open it, throw them a piece. Oh my god! Go, get the fuck up. Yeah, they would have a field day with that for sure. <laughs> Tommy, you done with your dinner? Or what? Yes, I just got done. Me too. Me too. Just got done. All right, guys, we are going live. Here we go. We are going live, my peeps. We hey, are Sean, streaming mute, live. Mute me, please. Mute you? Okay, I'll mute you. If I can, mute. All right. So Kevin is muted. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to this week's show. We have an amazing panel, as we normally do. But this time, we have an awesome guest that will be very surprising. Uh-oh. Echo. Brian Great. Waller. It's off. Brian Waller. All right. So uh, welcome. My name is Sean <laughs> Simons, PPG Grandpa. We have an amazing panel here. We have Kevin Gunfly, whom is uh, currently muted. We have Never Trust a Skinny Chef Shane. We have Linda Anderson. Woot, 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 leader. Brian Waller. Brian Owen. Tommy Mosley. And our super awesome guest, Tequila. Yay. Not to be confused with Shaquille O'Neal. And it says that my internet is unstable. So because my internet is unstable, if something happens, we have a couple of the people that will continue to uh, walk us through this wonderful podcast. Yeah. All right. We just lost our guest. Oh, no. That's all right. Shaquille will come back. Sure. Let me go ahead and, and uh, introduce everyone or introduce uh, Shaquilla. She is a brand new student. I just started a PPG school. We have about six students right now and she's one of them. Uh, we had some mutual friends that said that I am flying around in a paramotor. She said a para who? A para what? A para woo? And said I'm interested in that. So we met up and we talked a little bit and uh, now she is going to be one of our first students in the class. We are not opening up the, the, the school officially until next summer. 
So once we get her back, we're going to talk to her, ask her questions, and have her ask us questions. Since we don't have our guests right now, and uh, Kevin and Tommy are now muted, let's go ahead and talk to Never Trust This Skinny Chef Shane real quick. Because I'm here. This weekend I'm here. Coming up, we're going to be going to do an SIV course. Yes, we are. Ready or not, here we come. What is an SIV course? Um, it is where you do dumb things and fix it in mid-flight. And um, when you get it all figured out and you're flying nice and neat again, you do it all over again. You mess up things and you fall again and then you fix it again. <laughs> That's what an SIV is to me. <laughs> you're perfectly <laughs> fine. You mess things up. You start to fall. You fix it. And then you do it all over again. Um, I guess uh, Kevin can fly. If you're back with us, uh, help us out real quick. Um, what is what is a good definition of an SIV course? How to keep the poo inside your body and not in your pants. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. Well, we do have a very newbie newbie that's uh, here with us, uh, Shaquilla, and she, I bet she never heard what an SIV course is. So since uh, Kevin can fly, not. what's that? I have not. <laughs> And since uh, Kevin Can Fly is our, well, our most experienced uh, instructor here on this panel, um, can you let her know what a SIV course is? <clears throat> so SIV is a French set of words. It's situation in vol, which translates into English as situations in flight. So what we do in the SIV course is we go up and get towed over water most of the time and you purposefully cause deflations in your wing and you learn how to respond at the correct timing and with the correct weight shift, body movements, etc. Not only to prevent it from happening, but how to recover when you have it happen. So we purposefully deflate the wing and deform the wing in the efforts of learning how to regain that control because in the course of your flying career, the wing will take deflations and the difference between somebody who's going to go land and be scared of the flying versus someone who's just going to laugh at it and keep going is the person who understands their wing. And the situation involved course will help you understand what your wing is telling you at all times. That's very good. Okay. That, was, that was actually a very excellent, uh, much better than what I was going to say, so, and much more in, in, intuitive, I assume. Hey, Shaquilla, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. I'm pretty good. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Um, I think that we might be having some internet issues. Uh, are you Are you driving right now? Because we lost we lost your video. So that's sometimes helping, guys. I apologize for that, and it's no big deal. Shaquille, whenever you uh, get into better signal, just just let her know. Just let us know. Pop in. Uh, and stuff like that. Today, I guess we'll okay. be talking a little bit about uh, SIV courses and uh, what newbies think also as soon as uh, Shaquilla comes back on. Um, who else? Let's see, I, I already did a SIV course. I think Kevin Can Fly has done. Uh, Never Trust the Skinny Chef Shane has done it or is going to be doing an SIV. JP, have you ever done? No? Never done one? Not yet. It's on my to-do list for sure. I think uh, everybody should do one who flies. He, it's, uh, he has thrown a, a reserve before, though. I have. That's, oh, uh, have you? Can yeah. you 
JP's doing sats. He really needs to get to an SIV course to be safe when he's doing stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I'm not going to argue with that. So, so what happened real quick? What, the reserve throw? Yes, sir. Man, that was way before sats. That was within 30 hours of flying. That was, uh, uh, long story short, an equipment failure. Um, and, uh, I went into a deep spiral and um, couldn't pull out of it. Uh, it's debatable. It's possible if I would have tried a few things that they would have taught you in, in a, an SIV course, it's, I might've been able to reset the wing, but uh, I had, I had a line break. So half my wing was kind of flapping oh my. in the air there. Um, it, it, if I did a full stall and reset, you know, I might've been able to land it. Um, but it wouldn't have changed the fact that the equipment was damaged and, uh, which goes into pre-flights and the importance of that and, you know, uh, making sure your equipment is up to snuff. Um, but, uh, how, how, how old was that wing? I mean, why did it snap? That doesn't even, uh, it snap. was, it was a new wing, but it had a repair on it and I don't want to get in too crazy into it, but, uh, it had a line repair that was meant to be temporary and, um, yeah, it, it had worn its life out and uh but in in my training course uh just regular you know we had of course gone over the importance of uh what to do in in bad situations and that was a bad situation and uh i kept a cool enough head to uh keep you know my altitude um noted and um i i tried as much as i knew at the time um and uh, nothing was really working. I fell for a good 2,000 feet. Not, I, I wasn't falling. I was, you know, uh, spiraling. So it's not like a uh, free fall where you reach terminal velocity or anything. But I was falling at a very dangerous rate. And uh, when I got to around 1,000 um, feet, that's when I chucked it. And uh, everything worked perfectly. I mean, we, we carry the gear is for situations like that. So. Wow. I did so, not so no injury whatsoever from it? From the landing? No, no, I landed in a cornfield, um, which was relatively soft ground. Uh, the soft dirt combined with the cushioning of uh, the corn. I had bent my frame up a little bit, but I was able to bend it back, no problem. Were you in a maze? When, uh... <laughs> I was amazed, yes. <laughs> that would hey. suck. You have to throw your reserve and find your way out of a corn maze? Yeah, no, and it, it was, <laughs> let me tell you. It was not a short walk. Um, that was probably as worse a thing as anything is uh, bundling up my reserve and my wing, which was a tangled mess. It was absolutely ridiculous. But uh, I uh, did, you, did you have did did you have a nap and know how to get out of there? <laughs> Thanks, right? But <laughs> I was pulling. Uh, I don't know what you call it. The when you. Uh, chuck corn those the leaves that come off of it i was pulling that crap out of my wing bag for the next you know month years oh, wow. of corn all over the place dude it was uh pretty crazy so did you leave gear there in the it. field and then figure out how to get out and then come back yeah, and then the first part was is that i had my phone tethered to my chest and when i threw the reserve the the pop was so violent that it broke the tether um, oh. I, dropped, I dropped my phone from about a thousand feet up. Uh, and, Did it land uh, in the was, corn? Yeah, into the cornfield. It was. I thought it was gone forever, but I, I uh, 
luckily it stayed on and I was able to use the find my iPhone and uh, ping it. I was making it ping and I had to go back into the field and it took me a while, but I, I did find it and it didn't have a scratch on it. So props to right. iPhone 10 for La- last one. I still have the same phone actually. So. so this is my last one. Did you pick it up and go, can you ear me now? Wow. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm, right. sorry. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'll be over here for you. Shane's so funny. <laughs> I'll be here Shane, all week, folks. Shane, Shane, you're a corn dog. Yeah, it was very corny. Tonight was well, Zoom. Is can you see me now? Oh boy. <laughs> oh my God. But on on a serious note. When it comes to the reserve tosses, it, it does need to be understood that there's no shame in throwing a reserve. That's your second chance in wings. And so you should never think to yourself, oh, I don't want to be embarrassed because I'm the guy coming down on a reserve. You should always think to yourself, I just won a prize. I get to have a big trophy because I still get to go and live tomorrow. So, you know, something I saw somebody at the Mountain do, and I think that you should do this as a prize. Every time he's pulled his reserve, he kept the cl- he cut the closing pin off of the reserve and put a new one on, and he'd wear that around a necklace. He had three of them hanging around his neck. You know, wow. I was like, "What's that?" He's like, "That's that's me saving my life. That's me keeping a cool head. That's me doing what I was supposed to." Man, I was just mm-hmm. so impressed with that's it. cool. But my first thought is, those handles aren't cheap. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not the handle. It's just the clo- It's just the closing pin. Closing pin on the on the act. Well, uh, deployment bag. Yeah. Well, there's there's some metal closing pins. They're real. They're only about yeah. two three inches. Though. Yeah. He had that. It has the loop on the okay. top. So Those are it was really cool. cool to see him wear, wear that as a badge of honor. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're going to the mountain or you're hanging out with your friends, they're like, yeah. "What's that?" I've, I've yeah, it's it a cool story to tell, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so when you threw it, you said that you were only flying PPG for three hours. No, 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 30 hours. Oh, 30 hours. So you were a 30-hour pilot, and that happened, then you threw it. Yeah. What? Okay. Not, wow. not fresh, but not uh, the uh, well-refined and aged pilot that I am now. JP's like a bottle of boxed wine at the Walmart. He's <laughs> aged on the show. Yep. <laughs> oh my God, Kevin, that's funny. All right, so I threw a reserve, but it was you know uh, at the SIB course, so it wasn't you know out of distraught, and I knew what was going to happen. And um, actually, I didn't know what happened, so I'm really glad that I threw the reserve. And Shane and I are going to be going to do a second SIB course this weekend coming up. Um, I'm only going to be doing one day on Saturday, but he's going to be doing two days. So on his final uh, run, he's going to be throwing a reserve also. Um, since we don't have our guest up right now, I don't know where she went. She probably's trying to find a better internet, so no big deal. Um, Shane, what are you expecting to happen uh, at the SIV course? And how do you feel about throwing the reserve at the end of your, um, uh, your second day? All right, so what, I'm, what, what I plan to learn is what the ability of my wing is. Um, I have a, um, I always say it wrong. It's a Nuvik Link 2. It's not, I don't don't say it right. Anyways, I, yeah, Nuvik, yeah, see, I still can't say it. Okay, great. So anyways, (laughs) 
it is a, I I have had nothing but compliments on the of the speed of the swing. Um, I've never had even the slightest uh, deflation of any kind. And uh, there's been like Tucker. Tucker has done a uh, a video on I think it's a cougar. Um, he did a speed bar with trims out going downwind and he had a frontal on it. So there's a lot of dislikes for this wing. Um, actually, I think Leah herself is uh, not a big fan of, of the brand. Um, myself, I, I get compliments all the time about how fast this a wing is and how I have trouble. People have trouble keeping up with me. I, don't really know. I've only flown two wings, a 30, 30 meter ozone uh, during class. And then this, this uh, link too, but I'm dying to find out what the capabilities of this wing is, how far I can push it. Yeah, that's true. Um, Anyways, I'm looking forward to knowing the limits of this wing um, say frontals. Um, I do like doing the roller coaster where you throttle full up and then let off the gas immediately and it kind of shoots the wing forward and you kind of face down and then you go not plummeting to earth, but you're, you're face down and you're swinging down and then you hit the throttle again. And I, I want to know how far I can do that before I end up with a, with a frontal or if I do get a frontal, how, how quickly this wing will, um, readjust itself and, and inflate. So I'm similar, super similar to a whip, similar to a whip stall, right? The, um, I, I think that's it. I, you were telling me earlier today. It's what we call pitch pendulum and you can actually get really far on the nose before it collapses way further than you're going to be comfortable with. And, well, uh, the, go ahead, go JP. Go, go ahead. In Europe, they call it piff path. All huh? If <laughs> He's here that's, that's how, like, those you know, friffy fr- fr- uh, Europeans call it. If I was if I was European, I'd be in the bathroom. <laughs> oh my gosh! Sometimes I watch these uh, courses where the there's a ton of them, like with English and Scottish people and. Paragliding seems huge over there, and I just hear him talking. It's like, piff paff, piff paff, and they're talking about dolphining and. Piff. I, I I do like that as much as I love being two foot off the ground. I love to go up to a thousand feet and do that. I I don't know why, but break, it is let go, break and let go. Yeah, I don't even hit the break, and that was a thing that Sean and I were talking about earlier today. I just throttle up and let off the the gas immediately. And it shoots the wing forward, and you just look straight down at the ground, and then you, as soon as you start swinging again, you hit the throttle again. And but I've never even hit the brakes, which is something. Well, that's apparently why you haven't. That's why you haven't ever got to a point of being worried about a frontal. If you start adding the brakes in with your power, you'll get yeah. the wing to pitch a whole lot more. That's what I'm working. Well, hopefully they're in the SIV. Um, I'm looking at. I don't know if I'm looking forward to doing a sat. It. You don't have don't to. Know. SIVs, SIVs are all about understanding the wing. It's not about going and doing stunts. If you right. want to go down wing overs, an SIV course is great because you have the reserve, you have the water, you have the rescue boat. If you want to learn SATs, again, for the same reasons, it's great. But I, in my opinion, I think that everybody who's a new pilot, and when I say new pilot, that's anywhere from I just left school to I'm completing my first year, should 
at their earliest financial convenience, go take an SIV course. It will make you so much more confident in your mental ability underneath the wing. Not in the, oh, this is easy and I'm not worried about the wing, but the inevitable, I will take a collapse. Whether it's a crosswind that blows your wingtip in, whether it's an asymmetric from some rotor, whatever it is, inevitably, everyone will take a collapse at some point. When you do, you don't want it to scare you. You don't want that collapse in the real world to be the first one you do that you don't know how to respond to. And right. when you go do those SIV courses and you purposefully do it with somebody in your ear, and I, and I, I can, I've done two SIVs, I know Sean's done it. When you have someone on the radio talking you through the maneuvers, you have 110% confidence doing it. When you have that happen to you in real life, you have 110% confidence that something bad is happening. It's, it's polar opposite ends of the spectrum. So you really, really want to just quit worrying about wing overs or sats and just get comfortable with the fact that it doesn't matter if it's left or right deflations, you can weight shift, pull, break, and even with 40 or 50% of the wing folded up, you're still going to fly. So with, then, with, I'm sorry, go ahead. go ahead. All right, so with a, with a sat, I mean, so my, my thing is, I, I guess my biggest fear and it's not even really that because I enjoy it like on roller coasters or what have you. When you do you feel like you're free falling? No. Like not at all. No, sounds you don't feel you don't feel like you're falling at all because you the wing starts rotating around you in such a procession that it's you feel gyroscopic. You almost feel like you're flying backwards. So, so for all our viewers, what is a sat? Thank you. A, a sat I'm is a notes a, here. A sat is a nose down spiral where you okay. flip the wing over and it okay. was known as a sat because it was created by the safety aerobatic team way back in the okay. late 70s, early 80s. And they did it paragliding, not with a motor. Okay. Oh, okay. But, so the general progression <laughs> to sats is, is pretty simple, but it's not, I mean, it's simple said, it's not as simple done. You wanna get very, very comfortable with asymmetric spirals. Then you wanna be able to get yourself to a complete nose down spiral and come out of it on your command, not on the wings command. That's a big one because if you let the wing pull you out of a nose down spiral on its own, you'll surge, stall, and then pitch real hard and you can fall into your wing. It's kind of scary. So you wanna be able to get asymmetric spirals down really well then be able to get yourself to a nose down spiral. Once you're doing a nose down spiral and you can exit, a sat is nothing more than pulling two or three inches more brake once you've gone full nose down. So he's building speed, he's nose down, and there's the flip. So you see the left riser just went to the downhill side. So that's where the wing flips over. So he's in a full nose down spiral with the downhill side flipped to the uphill side. And it's okay. not going into a sap that's very hard. You can pull too much brake and you can spin the wing, but it's the exit. A lot of times when you exit, you'll take a tip collapse and it makes everything feel very weird. On it. It does. Very weird. And that's 
The wing almost feels like it slides sideways through the sky for a second. It's it's just a really odd feeling. I don't What's like that, Linda? Did you guys see um, see Robert's SIB? The video? Yes. I think I tagged all you guys. Yeah, I, watched I, watched it. It. I watched the whole thing. It was like so totally awesome. The, yeah, he killed it too. He did a good why, job. Why did Robert fly from freaking San Diego to Sacramento when he could have driven there actually faster? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I yeah, who knows? He probably because he, he really drove. He just wanted to. He just wanted to look like he was flying first class. I know. <laughs> huh? When you hey, have Southwest, a- Southwest doesn't have a first class. It's all- <laughs> When when you have your mom donating money constantly to every show, you can afford just to waste some. (laughs) (laughs) He buys a six-piece nugget, throws away two of them. I probably paid for his plane ticket for sure. I was thinking about that. I'm like, well, dang. Yeah. That's when you realize your kids aren't going to college. You're like, screw it. We'll just use their phone. Let's go. Oh, my God. Yeah, right? He did really awesome, though. He did really awesome. I saw the parts. That um, that one person got did a did a little uh, gift wrap. Um, that scared the crap out of me. Yeah, that was pretty. Yeah. Uh, pretty how, do, how do you get out of that? How do you, how do you get out of gift wrap when when you swim. fall into your wing? You flap like crazy. You take both arms yeah. and you swim. You grab fabric and swim. If it's you behind you, though, how do you, I mean? If it's behind you, let's say that you fell behind. Let's. <clears throat> So let's say you're if behind. Your wrap, if your gift wrap somewhere, there's going to be fabric that's going to be laying against you. When there's fabric there laying is. against you, Thank you. you swim. Right. It's, about, it's about it 12 minutes or so. He's so proud of this. He is so proud of this. Oh my the God. gift wrap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the gift wrap thing scares the snot out of me. I'm, I'm not going to lie. That's one thing I will not do about this sport. I won't tell you things that I, I'm confident in doing. I will tell you things that I'm not comfortable with. Well, I'm the same way as you. I'm the same way, Shane. The, my absolute biggest fear in flying in this sport, whether it's paragliding or paramotoring, is getting gift wrapped. Because once yeah. you're in the wing, it's it's pretty much a death sentence. A lot of people, you know, they're able to get out of it. But in my opinion, you know, once you're wrapped up, it's, you know, really hard to do anything. You can't really get a reserve out. You have no control. It's just, to me, in my opinion, it's like getting burned to death. It's just the most scary thing imaginable. So, Kevin, let me ask you something. Um, yeah, because you got to, like, climb out of that wing to throw the reserve. The reserve. Right. Yeah, you got to so, at least get clear sky out there to be able to get the reserve out. Otherwise, you're just throwing it into the rest of the mess. So, Kevin, let me ask you something. My, my biggest uh, – I don't want to say my biggest fear, but my comfortability – I'm more comfortable at 100 feet than I am at 4,000 feet doing wingovers. I understand altitude is your friend. How do we trick ourselves, if you will, to think or to understand that being 4,000 feet is way better doing wingovers than at 500 feet? Time. Start making your flights at 5,000. Just get, I've get, never... get comfortable with flying around at 5,000 feet and then start flying around. Right here, guys. 3,800 feet is the closest I've ever come. So there's the stall, and that's where she falls through the wing. Yeah. And if you see, she's actually only in the the wing tip. She's not actually at the emblem. If she would have gone into the wing at the emblem, that would have been a very different outcome. All right. 
scared the I've been following her flying career. Uh, she went to high school with my wife, actually. So I've been following her since she started paragliding. Oh, wow. She has her own personal video up there, and it's not like she just sat there. Like, she pulled lines away from her. She threw her wing away oh, from she her. She dug herself out of it. Yeah, yeah. It was, was tied together at one point. Yeah, I mean, I, I – uh, it's no you know, Watching her perspective was completely different, and it was, you know, to be honest with you, I would have thought she was a professional agro pilot. So this right here, this is what I was saying: is you don't want to exit on the wings command. You want to exit on yours because you see how she stalls and then goes through the wing. That's mm. what you want and have to avoid. So that's why when you're learning sats, you need to start with asymmetric spirals, build up to nose down spirals, then build up to a sat. Because if you get that surge and everything goes slack, the one thing that you absolutely don't want in this sport is dangly lines. Dangly lines are dangerous. <laughs> Shane, I got something, a point to make with what you're, what you're talking about, though. And I think that whenever I do it, I understand a little bit what I think it might be is what, like skydiving, you have no sense of falling because there's no relevance. There's no anything moving around you. So whenever right. you're doing your wingovers real low, is it because you can see the ground and it's coming up at you, or you can't really tell that from 2,000 feet? It is a little different. See, that's the other thing. I, I've noticed from watching several uh, SIV classes that they always tell you to look at your wing. I never look at my wing. I'm looking at the ground, concentrated on the ground. And There's I always the ground, the ground you, doesn't change. You learn though. this. You learn this real <laughs> fast when you take I'm, aviation and like a general airplane but the horizon is always your friend. You don't want to look down at the ground and you don't want to look at your wing. You want to look out at the horizon. I have, I have been flying so many times and been like, just look straight, just look straight. Now we're going to look up at the wingtip and start doing wingovers. And as soon as I start getting a little bit, let's say halfway of the wing on the horizon, First thing I want to do is look at the look at the ground. I don't know why I try so hard to to avoid that, and that's gonna. I think that's gonna be my biggest challenge with this SIV. Well, I'm really curious to find out afterwards. But when you do spirals, Shane, I want to know if you look at your wingtip or if you look at the ground. I'll be looking right at the ground. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> I, and it's wrong. I know it's wrong, and that's the part that I don't understand. Is I know it's wrong, but yet here I am doing it it doesn't make any sense to me no, and i'm I mean, hoping well, I, i'm really hoping that i i break this habit that's why i'm going to this class i'm pushing myself because i think i've allowed myself to get comfortable with bad habits if you will and well you've gotten comfortable with flying low and doing all of your flying low yes. like i said the easy way to break that habit is just get comfortable with flying around at five thousand feet do it. I'm just the opposite. I see JP's videos, and I'm just like, that's what I want to do. Like, I see you flying a bunch above above a bunch of clouds. It's just like, but there's oh, there's yeah. no relevance to the ground. Like, it's it's that it is weird. Whenever you have no relevance of how how Open high up you the, are, uh, throw your phone on fly sky high and uh, start flying. You know, like IFR. Um, follow the instruments. You can follow your altitude on your phone. Right. Don't worry about being above clouds like that. Um, yeah. And plus, so, yeah, nice to have your, your maps app open to see where you actually are if you're drifting away from your LZ. Because uh, it can 
the uh, the winds at, at altitude can be a lot different than they are down low, and, and they can blow you off course pretty quick. So that is something. It can be 50, mindful. 60 miles an hour above the clouds, and you don't even yeah. realize it. I've been up got up to 5,500 and was sitting there just absolutely parked at 5,500, but it was glorious. Oh, yeah. Beautiful laminar air, just sitting still, looking at the ground, not moving at all. Yeah. See, I've been at the 3,800 feet, and I got freaked out about the whole airplane coming in behind me thing. Um, nah, nah, nah. Wait, wait, I wait. know. There, there was an airplane, or you just No, no. Was I was... I, I flew out of Sebastian Airport, and when I heard when I flew out of the Sebastian Airport, and I started climbing to, I was supposed to go to the Mile High Club with two other guys, and uh, they they ended up leaving me, and I flew up to thirty eight hundred feet, and all I could think of was a plane was going to come behind me, the wing was going to take my, the airplane wing was going to cut my lines in half, and I was just going to free fall, and. You know, ever since then, I, I allowed that. I allowed that to happen. Um, and I think that's ridiculous now, but I've never been able to go higher than that. I've, I've gone from the compound and headed over to Beachside, and to cross the river, you need to be about 3,000 feet. I can do that no problem. Not even hesitate. I don't even look for planes at 3,000 feet, which I should. But truth be told, I don't. Until I see a plane, and then I'm like, oh, my God, now I can't stop looking for planes. Um, but I would never be able to do a wing over at 3,000 feet. It freaks me out. See, I can do wing overs at <clears throat> 3,000 feet, 5,000 feet, 7,000 feet. I, I, I get – all the way to the point where I'm well above my wing when I'm up at that kind of an altitude. When I'm below 1,500 feet, I do what I call 30 or 40% wing overs or basically like a child just pendulum swinging, like a really, really big oscillation. It's not even a wing over. It's really just kind of playing is what I call it. And I've had people get upset and run out and yell at me and tell me they thought I was crashing and dying and whatever else and it's just kind of easier when you go up to 5,000 feet, no one really sees what you're doing when you do it yeah, at four or 500 feet. Everyone, everyone kind of freaks out, even if it's mild. That is okay. a weird, that's must be a weird thing about people. I've had the police randomly show up and say that they had people report that they thought I crashed. I had them show up yesterday while we were flying. Yeah. They, they saw us good low over town. There's this big, like five or 600 acres, hayfield that's like smack dab in the middle of town and so we came from 5,000 feet descended down over the field played in the field and then climbed back up and left and just as we were starting to climb we had two police cars come and pull up to the field and there was about 15 people parked and stopped and some guy drove up real fast and jumped out and was waving his arms and pointing you could tell that he wasn't having it but we didn't really care Brian is like 500 what of hay bales? What you talking about, man? <laughs> <laughs> now, y'all are talking about flying high. I haven't been very high either. I've been uh, about 2,500 feet in a paramotor. That's about it. It's uh, a little scarier up there, man. I don't know what it is. Where, where, what altitude? About 2,500 feet is the highest I've been in a paramotor. Nice. 
That that would be my normal like cross like if I'm doing a cross country or something that'd be about a normal height for me twenty five hundred twenty five <laughs> seems to be a really nice cruising altitude not too hot not too cold it almost feels like a nice air conditioner right about there between twenty five and three <laughs> um, uh, the highest I've been so far is only a little over five thousand so I could get my mile high um, uh, when we were towing over at the uh, SIV course. That's up to 4,000 feet. I know. I, I just don't even know what I'm going to do. You have to do your SIV course. You may or may not hear a girl scream at 5,000 or 4,000 feet, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to do it. Well, you know, just follow uh, the boat. Altitude just follow the boat. is your friend. I mean, look at that yes. girl that did the SIV or got caught in her wing. You know, if she was down at 1,500 feet, I don't think that she'd be very happy right now. So altitude is your friend. Since we're on the topic, um, how high have we all gone? My highest was a little over 5,000. Kevin, what did you say yours was? 10,006 on a paraglider, 9,500 on my motor. Okay. 3,800. 3,800. And did you see the other day um, there was a guy that went to 10,000 feet and his paramotor, he's in shorts, and you hear him, he's like, I'm at 10,000 feet, but for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, I, I, I'm um, envious of that guy because I really want to do that, but I don't – right now, I don't have it in me. I don't have it in me. I was, I was actually super annoyed because I did the Pine Mountain fly-in last year, which is where I got real high. And when I landed, I was super proud, and I thought I had won the competition for sure with 10,000. And it turns out the highest climb of that weekend was to almost 12,000. Darn it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I did, I did get the longest flight. I, I flew for seven hours. Wow. That is seven. so awesome. Don't you go, when you guys are up there all flying, don't your, do your feet or your legs like fall asleep? You know what I'm saying? Like when you're. No, it's like when I'm in my pod harness, it's like laying in my hammock out in the backyard. I've got I've got a camelback I've got a camelback behind me with a water bottle that comes up, and then I run a external catheter that goes out a little hole underneath my feet, <laughs> and I've got some snacks that I put oh, some, okay, some uh, power bars and things that go into my side pocket. And so since yeah. you're talking like that, what's the longest you've been in the air? Seven in hours. One flight. That was that, was, that was my biggest that was my biggest longest flight ever was that seven hours. Wow. Damn, that's a long I time. Sat, I, I sat and I scratched around and scratched around at about 5,000 for about an hour and a half. I traveled about 35 miles and then I hit an inversion and the inversion started taking me back to where I had started from. And then once I hit the inversion, I caught an upper level thermal that I was able to <laughs> sit and core. And then once I got up high, I was able to just jump from thermal to thermal to thermal on cloud streets and just stay right up at cloud base. Apparently somebody hit one of the big cumies and was able to uh, ridge soar the windward side of it and then get halfway or so up the, up the side of the cumie. Because the clouds are actually dense enough that the air hits them and rises and you can actually ridge soar the front of the clouds. You just have to be careful not to get pushed into them. So has anybody ever stayed up that long with a motor on their back? Uh, I mean, Maybe I, I got, I got a good 
probably 30 or 35 minutes of climbing at idle yesterday. I went late morning and was flying around the, the mid-morning thermal rides. That was fun. That sounded like a good day. That was fun to listen to. <laughs> it sounds like so much fun. <laughs> yeah, we just cruise around. You feel, you know, after flying free flight for so long, you kind of know what you're feeling for with the wing. And when you feel one side of the carabiner lift up real hard, you get a nice jolt. You just weight shift into the jolt. So if the right side of your wing lifts up, that's telling you the rising air is to your right. You weight shift real hard. When you're thermaling, you have to use lots of weight shift because you want flat turns. You want to slow yourself down almost to the point of a stall. Use a lot of weight shift and then just try to find the core and just make as tight as flat a turn as you can right in the core. So you do, you, you do a lot of um, midday thermaling with your paramotor. I know there's a lot of people out there that are afraid to go out with their paramotor and fly, especially, you know, midday because they're told not to. Uh, how, how would someone start paramotoring in thermals? But how many hours do you think you need to have? How much skill do you need to have? And is it really as dangerous as people think? Well, if you're intentionally going to thermal, it's not dangerous as such because of your mind frame. The big thing is if someone wants to go fly their motor and they want to do midday thermaling, I highly recommend they go and take a P2 course. When you go take a P2 course, they'll actually teach you how to use a variometer. They'll teach you how to sniff out fine thermals, how to fly in thermals, how to be safe, all of that stuff. Then when you add the motor to it, it's nothing more than, you know, free lift. You don't need the mountain. You can take off from the airport, climb up to 3,500, find your cruise, and then start sniffing out thermals. And they're, once you kind of know what to look for, they're not that hard to go find. Shed roofs put off thermals. Uh, power lines are a big one. Power lines carrying high voltage put off tons and tons of heat. Power lines kick off huge thermals. Wow. So, what about birds? If you, the, we call them the locals. If you can find the birds circling, you see that the locals are out making circles, you chase the birds. You fly right to where they're at and get right in the circle with them. And that's what Robert talked about on his show that one night. About He said about, yeah, how you watch the birds, how they fly. And that's how he kind of learned, you know, where the thermers were going. I thought that was really interesting. That's one that when you had the, the guests on, they had those eagles. And they fly with the, with the eagles or whatever. Well, it's yeah. really interesting. So if you live in an area that yeah. has bald eagles, one of the things to take note is bald eagles are a heavy-bodied bird. And so they don't soar well. If you see bald eagles coring a thermal, then that means you should be coring that thermal. Oh, wow. so, you should, so you should fly like an eagle. You should fly like an eagle, baby. Yeah. Did you see? <laughs> did you see the? I'm not uh, that, that song. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm have it stuck did you in see this video slash picture? I think my internet's kind of junky. Did you see my um, video slash uh, picture of me flying over a, a bald eagle? Yeah, I, I guess that. that was a cool picture. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was that was. That was pretty cool. I, I couldn't believe that um, he was flying there. I was like, is that a duck? Is that a duck or is that the bald eagle? Because like, I didn't know for sure. And uh, it was pretty cool. 
Yeah, so Kyle O came and visited me this weekend on his Pacific Northwest road trip. We so went, he got lost on and showed up at your house. Yeah, well, actually, I, if you guys saw my live stream, I found that Louisiana hippie barefoot in the woods and drug him the rest <laughs> of the way to the beach. No, it was funny. He, I, I, I'm driving. I, I called him, and we were about the same time frame driving there from two different directions. And so as I'm coming around the bend, I see Kyle's truck and trailer in the pullout on the side of the road. So I, I whip over, and as I, I get out and I walk over, and he tells me, he says, oh, my wife loves those uh, Twilight movies. And he says, I saw the forest over here. It looked just like the forest from the Twilight movies. So I figured I'd pull over and get some camera footage for her so she could see what it looks like. <laughs> so we, he followed me out to the, the house that my family owns at the coast. And we had a, an afternoon of hanging out. It was too high winds to fly. We, we tried and we basically hovered for a few minutes and then decided that, you know, that was enough fun. So we waited for the morning, and when we got up first thing in the morning at the crack of day and then went and ripped all the way from the bay up to Cascade Head. And Cascade Head is a big mountain range that separates one beach from another. It's like a 3,500-foot just finger that jets out into the ocean. So we flew up to that, climbed up to the top of it, and as we were flying up around the top of it, we had a couple bald eagles come out and start flying with us. It was pretty epic. That's super cool. He's one of our locals, so I follow a lot of his videos. I saw him on Facebook Live, and you were probably one of the gliders in the background. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, Kyle's an awesome guy. I, I, I love talking to Kyle and hanging out with Kyle. He's a wealth of knowledge. You guys were quite the duo. Yeah. I just, I mean, I wish I was closer. If I was in Louisiana around, you know, some of these people around Tom or Mark or, you know, Tucker I, I, it, it would be awesome, but at the same Never time, trust a skinny chef. Well, well, we'll get him trained up before too long. <laughs> we just got to get him to stop crashing into campers and parking sites <laughs> that he never saw when he was landing. Yeah, so we got Florida, Alabama, Louisiana, Arkansas, Ohio. Ohio, yeah. Arizona. Yeah. Lin yeah. Lin I'll be in Arizona. Arizona. I'm trying in to get people to Southeast, but yeah, Arizona, Oregon. I'll be in uh, uh, Ohio September 3rd through the 7th, I think it is, for the, uh, what is it, Dave Pruden? Pruden? What is it? Dave Pruden flying. I'll be there. The One of the only flyings that's actually still going to happen this year. Uh, I know. That's why I'm driving a thousand plus miles to get there. Don't complain like you didn't want to go anyway. I would have flown there if I could. I mean, on a Delta. So that's one thing I'm actually thinking about trying to do this next year is a supported trip from the West Coast to the East Coast because I live in Portland. And so I'm basically kind of at one corner of the country and I want to fly down to Florida and I want to do the whole cross-country trip on my paramotor. I think it'd probably take me like four weeks is my guess and just fly from airport to airport to airport or gas station to gas station or whatever and just take one of those little Volbiv tents with me and just camp out every which way from here to there. I think I could do it. I think um, it'd be fun. It would be an interesting trip on who you'd meet along the way. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I mean, it'd be like Forrest Gump. You're just going to have to like take off and bump wingtips with me and, and turn around and head back to your LZ as I keep going. Cause I'm not when you get done, it. you'd have to have a big beard and you'd have to say, all right, I'm tired. I'll go home now. I'm tired. <laughs> I think I'm going to go home. You guys really have to pay attention to air traffic out there, huh? Cause there, lately it seems like we're seeing more like, you know, the, the, the airplanes and the, and the hot air balloons. <laughs> Out there. That's something else. I, that's something else I didn't understand. I see more. I see more air traffic at twenty five hundred feet than I ever ever did at four thousand, five thousand. Like, huh. I see more planes at me or below me than I do anything when I'm at that altitude. Wow. We also fly. We also fly a lot of fields, so there's a lot of agriculture planes and small Cessnas and stuff like that. But at, at the uh, at at the compound in. Uh, Palm Bay, you have a lot of the FIT students, which are student pilots, and they fly right around 2,000. So when you're at 2,500 and one scoots underneath you, you're like, oh, that's just not comfortable at all. <laughs> no, no kidding. So you should yeah. go to 4,000 and be and be feel nice and safe. <laughs> I, dude, I'm, it's only a matter of time. It really is. I'm, I'm, when I when I go cross country and I cross the river and I'm sitting at three thousand feet, it doesn't bother me at all. I'm over the river. I see the boats. I even see little dolphins and turtles and stuff swimming along. None of that bothers me. But I don't know what it is. I, I don't know. I'm being honest. I'm new. All right. I've I've only been flying since November. I, I I have a ton of freaking takeoffs and landings, and it just I don't know what it is. I, I I'm more comfortable at five feet off the ground doing 40 miles an hour then I, and if that motor ever dies whew, that's gonna hurt because these little legs they can't run that fast just so you know <laughs> you just gotta do it at your own pace you know that's what it's about so like, i completely, like, well, I completely agree with that. you but for different reasons i love flying around at five feet off the ground or less because we have a motor and we can when I spent from, you know, 2002 till just a couple of years ago doing nothing but paragliding. You're always have that uh, arrival anxiety of trying to find the next thermal. And the biggest thing you're always trying to learn is how to be calm and search for lift and not panic and jump out of one thermal to find another and so forth. So that ability to go five feet off the ground for thousands and thousands of acres on a hay field is it to me is magic like there's there's no way you can get that with a skydiving canopy there's no way you can get that with a paragliding canopy the only way to do it is with a paramotor and because of part 103 we're the only people that can legally fly with the only regulation that says we can't put persons or property at risk we can fly around hay fields we can fly around whatever we want fields it's completely irrelevant and we're not breaking any rules. That's why I like to do the five feet or less off the ground. On the flip side, how many people do you know that has a butt fan lawn chair and a tablecloth with strings that can say, I drank a Red Bull today at 9,000 feet traveling 20 miles an hour backwards? Like, it's oh, you're just, talking about you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's... <laughs> It's just the, those I are those things. That, I read um, on Facebook today. I don't know. No, they're they're like priceless. Those are priceless things that you can only do with the paramotor. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
we go so slow and, and you have all the ability to just take both hands off, fly with weight shift, take pictures, do a live stream. I mean, from that high up, you just throw your phone out of your hand. Who cares? It's a phone. I'd rather save my life. Grab the toggles, sort without whatever you got. You got plenty of time. You're way high up. You can see all the way to the ocean or all the way to the city or all the, you know, it's like from that altitude, you got so much view. It's just amazing. I thought it was hilarious watching Kyle's videos. He's like, I get up here. He's like, I'm looking at three big ass mountains, man. It's like, welcome to the Pacific Northwest where it's no longer flat, buddy. So Red Bull gives you wings, but if you're flying a paramotor, you might still be flying backwards. Is what you're trying to say, huh? I said advanced <laughs> technique. We don't recommend fly back. We don't recommend that students fly backwards. It's it's for the <laughs> advanced pilots to fly backwards. <laughs> I figure you're talking about ground speed with a 50 mile an hour headwind. I was. I was, That's what I mean. Yeah, like I said, when I got to 55 or 5800 feet, whatever it was, right, just just below 6,000, I I hit the upper end of the inversion layer, and the lateral winds were blowing east to west at about 17 or 18 knots. And so if I was turned straight into wind, I was basically just sitting in one spot with my trims pulled all the way in. I could just sit and hover over a point. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Well, drop I'm down back. 200. Drop I'm down back. 200. Thank feet. you guys for, for, uh, no for wind continuing this. Huh? What? You left? What? We missed you? <laughs> yeah, I know what. Like, oh, the host yeah. is back. I'm back. Sorry, I need a new router. I think my router is going out. It just keeps on rebooting every once in a while. So thank you guys for continuing. Did I miss anything? Sure. <laughs> yeah, the guest came back. We interviewed her, and she's already gone. Oh darn! <laughs> oh well, we'll just kind of hang no, out. We have... hey, I always have questions. You know, when I hear people on Facebook because I watch all the videos and stuff, and they're talking about, "Am I hearing this right?" And they say like stalls. What is, what is that? I was doing some stalls a today. A stall is when the wing no longer has aerodynamic session forward and it then starts to drop vertical. Linda, the only way that that wing can, kill, can stay open is if it's moving forward. The only holes in the wing are in the very front. So if you slow it down to where no wind's going into it, it collapses. It's a way to is reset that what your wing. a stall is when the wing collapses? Yeah. Oh, yes. okay. Okay. So basically what your son was doing in those videos, he was pulling the brakes, pulling the brakes. There's no wind going into those holes in the front and it collapses. And then you he did it and he had, go ahead. You can actually do a fun stall where the wing stays completely inflated, but you just descend <clears throat> literally vertical and it's known as going parachutage. And the way to the get out of that, not, not the way to get out of that is with with a tweaking is what they call it. So you reach up and you grab your, your risers and then you kind of tweak them. You don't want it like almost like doing a frontal collapse, but you don't pull it hard enough to collapse the wing. You just okay. tweak your A's and it'll dive. The wing will dive and you'll get forward speed again. Well, stalls are not a, really a good thing. That's what's Jake do us? <laughs> no, stalls are an excellent thing. thing. Yeah. So if you watch, um, like if you watch uh, the video of, trying to remember which one might have been robert's video actually when he does a stall the right wing tip goes in in cravats 
and he reaches up and he grabs the stabila line and he does correctly what you're supposed to do to clear the cravat. But then the instructor says, don't worry about that cravat. That's Robert. Just do that was Robert's yeah, lesson. Yeah. Right. He says, don't worry about it. We're just going to do another stall again. And he goes right back into another stall. The wing sits and flops and flaps and the wingtips come out. And then when it surges forward, Bob's your uncle, no more cravat. So you can actually use a stall to field. clear your wing if you have problems. A stall is not a bad thing as long as you do it on purpose. If you're stalling your wing on accident, that means you're doing something very wrong. Oh, wow. A stall's a reset button is what it, what it, more, more with, than anything. If you find yourself in trouble, it's the way to reset everything and start over. I, th I think on Robert's show, he mentioned too that uh, you, you could lose, potentially lose less altitude by doing a full stall than sitting there trying to yank on your stabilo for you know, two minutes or something. But you avoid going into a spiral. So if you if you automatically pull brake and go into a stall, you can go into a backfly because you're using your brake lines to fly. Your your brakes become your A's when you go into a backfly. When you try to pull your stabila line, you're no longer controlling the wing at the brake, but you're actually pulling the cravat out. And if the wing tips over and starts to become dynamic with a cravat, it will just increase its dynamicity. If you go into a full stall, you can backfly the wing. The cravat blows out the opposite way. So the cravat gets pushed in from the front. When you go into a stall, it pushes it back out the opposite direction. Then when the wing surges, it inflates. Everything is back out of, out of the lines, and you no longer have a cravat or a line over. The only time that that's not necessarily true is when you get a bow tie where the tip will go through an A and then come back out the other side. And that is kind of hard to fix. The only way to fix that is with a big deep stall and with some cravat pulling and stuff. A lot of times that leads to a reserve toss. A cravat. All these, all these lingos I'm still learning. The cravat and the, see, I learned like the stalls. I, the French, the stalls right? I know a thermal okay. I learned enough to ask what time it is and, and how to order dinner. So, I mean, it's, it's just part of learning the language. <laughs> there you yeah, go. The, la the language is a little confusing. My doctor said my libido lines are fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Great. Now we have to hear about his man checkup. Jeez. <laughs> Somebody, somebody has to figure it out. I had a great man check up today. <laughs> well, we all know that you know, even though we're old, you know, if we're flying four motors, we can still get it up. <laughs> oh, Lord. Linda, Linda, where, where's the, where's the doggy where's treats? The get the bench. Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs <laughs> out? Uh, how many guys can say they have a bald eagle between their legs? Look at that background. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, where is it? Right there. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm in rare form tonight. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was My pretty bad. cool. Um, it, it, so some of the cool things, I mean, here we are at pretty much at the end of our, our, our show. So um, we'll be cruising into the after show here uh, as, as I'm speaking. Uh, 
it was very interesting to be able to see a bald eagle and to see it, you know, just fly underneath you. Because before you paramotor, you, when you look up, you see the top of the trees, you see birds flying. But when you're paramotor, you look down, you see birds flying tops of trees and even airplanes, uh, as I have seen. Uh, what are some of the weird things or things that, you know, most people that's never flown a paramotor or, or anything, what are some of the things that you all seen that most people don't get to see because we are flying a paramotor? Bigfoot. Other than Bigfoot. Naked, we all Naked sunbathers. <clears throat> it that? really surprised me how many people uh, <laughs> cut their grass in cool patterns. I've seen yeah. a few yards where it's like, whoa, that's a cool pattern in that. Actually, the field I took the collapse in, it was right across the field that had like this amazing pattern mowed into this five acre lot. And uh, that's how I remember where my, my helmet was because I left my helmet there. <laughs> <laughs> I think I one like, of the cool things is... that blows me away is seeing some of the houses that are tucked oh, yeah. away in places you don't normally see from your general drive. There are yeah. some wonderful McMansions, and not even McMansions, but just wonderful properties. You know, some 10, 15 acre properties with some horses and just everything's manicured. Horses? And, Somebody and, said horses? Yeah, though, I mean, just, you know, you find some houses out there in the middle of nowhere that are just absolutely beautiful. I think seeing I all the wildlife, the man, I mean, I, I see a lot of wildlife when I fly. You know, one cool thing you say wildlife is when I flew this weekend at the coast, there was a whole herd of sea lions right at the entrance to the bay. And as really? we were flying around, you could literally watch them swim and fish and hunt all in the bay because it's pretty shallow water. That was pretty awesome. Super cool. That is cool. That's you ever seen whales? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Whales. Yeah, the I whales, are, whales are awesome. They're generally Bless too you. far out. They're generally too far out to go out and, and see what's actually going on, but you can, gotcha. you know, you have from the altitude, you can look and see the whales cruising around for sure. I flew over a lady that was about 600 pounds with about a 110 pound crackhead <laughs> on her once in the back of a truck. <laughs> I did not want to fly over that. No. That was not a half ton pickup truck. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Uh, it was, and I, they weren't wearing clothes, if that tells you anything. So. They were out in the middle of the woods, and I was uh, I was PG, not PPG. They couldn't even hear me. It wasn't it wasn't the best view. Was it a PG view or was it an R or X rated view? <laughs> it was an X rated view. <laughs> it was a pirate view because he said R. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't want to fly over the bison either. That, I have one chase. I'd rather run into a hail fall into the hail. I think. Hey, Bill. Hey, Bill. Hey, Bill. Then the, uh, yes, yeah, then um, the bison, I think. I mean, if I had a choice. Hell yeah, the bison fights back. The hey, Bill just took it standing. <laughs> well, I got a question for you, Kevin. What do you think of these? What do you think of people like JP, not to put you out there, but you're doing sats? I saw a video of Tucker before he ever did any type of SIV. He gets on the purple mojo wing and pulls collapses. I mean, is that something Whoa. that, with your level of experience, you feel comfortable with doing? I can't imagine going up there with no instruction and just pulling my A-risers. Yeah, nobody yeah. in, in oh, your yeah. ear. No, I mean, seriously, I, and I don't mean that jokingly, but 
it's it's one of those things to just bang a collapse and immediately let go and just to see what it's going to feel like to happen. Nothing drastic is going to happen. Your wing's not going to fold up and turn into a ball of shit. It'll just take a collapse and snap right back open and keep flying. It's only going to get scary when when you grab the A's, rotate the leading edge down, and then hold it down. That's where you're going to start to get a direction change. That's when things will get dynamic. But as long as you just reach up and pull a collapse and then immediately let go, it 99.9% of the time is just going to slam back open. And how, the how one much you don't want to do without instruction is you don't want to do stalls and you probably don't want to do beeline stalls without instruction, but any like a standard frontal or an asymmetric to either side, not that scary. So you're you free falling. Start with big ears. And then once you do big ears, then move to an asymmetric from an asymmetric <sighs> to a frontal. I still haven't even done ace or uh, big ears. Uh, I know it's mm-hmm. grab the outer A's and pull. And I've A's. seen it. I've seen it done. I mean, a million times I've had a guy that flew flying right next to me. He's like, look, this is all you got to do. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'll be over here if you need me. <laughs> no, and Same way here, uh, brother. Doing big so ears is on. nothing. <clears throat> big ears is a, is a nothing maneuver. You don't even have yeah. to think about it. The See, wing some- flies the wing flies like normal in big ears. You can fly big ears all the way to the ground and land with big ears in. It's, they're, it's yeah, really I've not. seen people do it benign. three feet off the ground and hold it. Yep. Big ears is super benign. And when you do big ears, let out one side and then the other when you let them out. You don't dump them. Dump one side and then the other because you might have to give one or two pumps and you want to have it one focus on one side at a time. We had a guy a few years ago at uh, the, the comp was actually last weekend. It's the same comp in Texas. And, uh, you eat peanut butter? Man, you know he's a fat kid. He takes Jif into the sky with him. Look, it's Tinkerbell behind him. Look, Tinkerbell's falling See, If he was smart, he would have gotten a jar of goobers, and then he would have had his peanut butter and jelly in one dip instead of having to pull a knife and everything else out. Look at that oh, thing on his geez. chest, ready to stab him in the throat with one bad landing. Oh, it's a plastic <laughs> knife. Well, oh, that's even better. It'll break off it. once it goes in your throat. Hey, and you know that chest does not have density in it. It's soft. <laughs> well, it was a cheap boob job, so there's no density in that chest. Oh. <laughs> oh, the Silicon Valley. It would be, like, so sad to drop the jiffy jar. Is that, uh, is that David Wolf there in that picture, JP? David Wolf? Yeah, like two pictures back. Look like look like David Wolf's wing. Oh no, that's uh that is my buddy Dan. Oh right on. How far away from David Wolf are you? He's up like by Cincinnati, right? Yeah, a good uh two hours. He's yeah, gonna be at the Dave he'll be at the fly in in September. Yeah, he, he said uh, he'll be there. He works with my instructor sometimes. Yeah, Shane, I saw you chatting with Sean. Um about that fly-in, that's going to be what September fourth time frame. Yeah, so that's um, gonna... September fourth to the seventh. What are you, you What are you talking about? What What happened? I just got back in. Oh, in Jesus. Ohio, right? Don't worry, you're not they invited. Heard and flying. <laughs> you're not oh, invited. Oh, the flying. Okay. 
I'm Who's this kidding. guy, Sean, and why is he involved in this? I mean, <laughs> I, <don't> know. <laughs> I know he kind of keeps showing up, you know, uh, like, and then he goes away, and then he comes back, and his face is froze on a his face is froze on a really guys. <laughs> oh, there he is. He came back. Never mind. <laughs> hey, there's two guys in one wheel. Yeah, that's Naveed and uh, I forget the other guy's name. It's a uh, crazy, crazy hair. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, this is an aviator. I'm, I'm pretty sure I was there for this. Were you? Yeah, they they were there in November for the Tucker Guy giveaway class. Yeah. And uh, I, I met those guys. Oops, that's Uh-oh. me. That's me. They, they, they My internet came to the class. They got an aviator, uh, aviator medal. Um, Sean, are you going to the fly-in in uh, Ohio? It's like ten minutes from you. I know. Um, what? What? Ohio. Yeah, Ohio. I. I thought we were going to go to the uh, flying over in um, on, on two of these things. Um, wasn't there a flying in Kentucky, like in September? Is that what you were and talking the, about? There's a there's it's on the Kentucky and Ohio uh, border, the river there. Um, it's in Ohio though. It's the uh, Dave Purden flying. Okay. Um, no, I didn't know about that one. I'm not sure if I'm so, able to do that or not. Actually, I told you about this in chat or in a, in a text message. Because you, you said tell me stuff, and I'm old. I don't remember. I'm sorry. I know. Good lord. Double ARP, man. Double ARP. <laughs> That's why I use my ARP card, guys. Um, no, I, I knew about the one that we're having over uh, the endless foot drag. That's in Kansas. In Kansas, which is the state above me, and to the right, to the left. But well, I don't know about the Ohio out. one. We should have a clear prop fly in right here at Waldan Field in Ashford, Alabama, man. Hey, I'm not – how far is that from Gordo, Alabama? Sean's in the chat. He says, I'll be where my truck is because that's where my motor will be on the back of my truck. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. I'll yep, be the Dave, Dave Purden flying. All you Midwestern yokels will be out there, not me. That's my wife's birthday. She'll kill me if I go. Sean, do you want to tell everybody in the in the in the room here the uh, the the what do you what do you call that the um, coincidence between birthdays and anniversaries? Oh, I know. That's so crazy. I saw there's that. There's a lot of well, there's a lot of coincidences and anniversaries and stuff. Um, my dad's birthday is, uh, uh, June 10th, which is my birthday. Um, let's see my brother, Tom and well, let's see. Okay. My dad, Tom have a brother, Tommy jr. He married a Wendy. My mom's name is Wendy. Um, my anniversary is September 1st. Um, my anniversary, my anniversary, September 1st. Uh, my wife's birthday just uh, came and went uh, August 13th. My birthday is August 13th. And uh, apparently we found out we were brothers and didn't even know that. Yes. Same. <laughs> same I'm, I'm, just, I'm just the prettier same, one. Same, same orphanage and everything. <laughs> same dad, just different brothers. 
<laughs> well, happy belated birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Do you know why uh, uh, orphans don't play baseball? Wow, because oh, they they can never find home. Oh, <laughs> man. You just made me sad. <laughs> and on that bomb you know, made me sad and laugh at the same time. Thanks. Oh, poor Tommy. My bad. Well, I, I apologize. Um, the room number and password is in the chat. So if you guys want to join us on the after party, come on in. Go to Zoom, 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 come on, Zoom. Zoomy, Zoomy, Zoomy. Sean, and we're ready to talk about the uh, fly-in, how you're going to be there with your motor, and we're actually going to fly this time, and you're not going to spend 72 hours per day kiting your wing. No. Sean won the uh, kiting contest, if I remember correctly, down at Palm Bay. The dude can kite a wing all day long. He literally will look for the roughest, rotary, crappiest air and will be effortless at it. But I've never seen a dude fly. He should be the most amazing pilot ever. If you can kite the way he can kite, you should be able to fly amazingly. I've never... He's scared, not of, the, he's scared of heights. He's, he's no. scared of heights. He just kites a lot. That's all. He should the just motor, do five foot. just for show. This way nobody questions it. But he's just <laughs> afraid of heights. No, he, he's, a, he's a really good... I, Really impressed with his kiting skills. I really am. Oh, he's he he's, well, guys, he's, uh, I'll, let, he's I'll, let, I'll let Sean take my place because I gotta get to dinner now. I got which which Sean me Sean Sean, Sean Nafsker. What's up, Sean Nafsker? long haired. He's got his mask on his head and not his face. He's not really sure about social distancing, <laughs> but we'll give him credit for it anyway. He was he's one of the uh, that's one my of, ass one of the first hat. people. He's one of the first people that I subscribed to. <laughs> Way back in the day. So is it? Is it? He's got Corona or cor cornrows? Oh. It's Corona rolls. Corona, oh, corona rolls. rolls. Corona uh, rolls. I, I tend to call it jealousy. It's all right. <laughs> I, I'm mad at you, man. It's it's okay. <laughs> it, it takes skill to have elegant hair like I have. I love your hair, <laughs> brother ask, Sean. Ask, what's ask, going on, man? Ask Chris Holbert. He'll tell you all about it. He'll be like, "Yep." Yeah, you know what? I, I, it's a lot of work. I'm, I'm Did you ever make it higher than 5,100 feet, Sean? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, uh, I haven't I seen a video of it, so yeah. if I don't see a video, it must not be true. Well, I got uh -oh. the one of uh, 5,164 feet. Yeah, yeah. I, I got higher than that, but I didn't have my camera with me. Uh, I don't always carry my camera. Uh, every flight I don't record sure. because I – I'm gonna. Well, I actually want to absorb what's going on and not be always, worrying about footage and where I'm looking, where I'm not looking. I want to be focused on flying. You know, I right? Don't, I don't. I don't always carry my brush either. So, what? Well, you don't need one, man. <laughs> well, that's what are you gonna do with a comb, Vern? You don't even have any hair. What if my lines get tangled? I can well, brush them out. It's always handy to have a little bit of wax on hand, anyhow. You know, I heard that. You don't even know. Carnauba <laughs> wax, little bees wax, turtle wax. wax. What kind of wax are you talking about? <laughs> All the above. Ear wax. You, know, you never know. Ear wax. <laughs> Ear wax. 
No, just Turtle, your wax. Turtle Wax is only on date night, right? But yeah, see, th this is the funny thing, okay? I didn't see Shane until the last day yeah. of Palm Bay flying. I was there the whole freaking week. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, I didn't see you fly. And I'm like, well, of course not, because I was exhausted from a week of flying and kiting and helping people with, you know, if they wanted to learn something, I, hey, get it out. You know, let's, my, let's see what my you My daughter... My daughter turned 21 the same week. We got an Airbnb in St. Augustine, and I spent – I flew in the morning to St. Augustine, and I got up to, like, eight feet and could not see Palm Bay from there from two and a half hours away. And uh, I, can, uh, I can hear your sniffles. I, I, can, I can hear them. Dude. Yeah, it was bad. Dude, I, I wanted to be there so bad. Oh, I, powerful. And ever since. Very powerful. Ever since, every flying after that's been canceled. It's just they've all been canceled. Yeah. Now you see why I was like, you know what? I'm gonna make all of Palm Bay. I'm gonna be there. Yeah. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make all of uh, so. Ohio. Got news for you. I'm leaving here Wednesday afternoon after after work. I'll be on the road about six o'clock in the morning. I'll be in Ohio at eight thirty, nine o'clock. Nice. And, nice. There'll and, be a lot of people there. Brandon will be up there. Um Motor crazy would be there. The TARDIS. How are you going to go from Florida to Ohio in two and a half hours? <laughs> oh, nice paramotor. Yeah, paramotor. <laughs> I got. I got a. Uh, I, I put nitrous on it. It's all good. <laughs> so they got a skinny chef. They go have a big guys with the campers and whatnot. Run generators and I'll see you guys next week. All right, Kevin. Out here later, Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. Thank so, you. The uh, the flying in Ohio, they do not have uh, power or well, they have water, but it's a hose at the end of the runway, is what I've been told. So, with that said, I'm showing up with a generator. I'm showing up with ability to haul water and heat water for showers. I got a fountain pump. I've already made this whole. Actually, thought I make uh, thought about making a video on on this how to. I've taken a 150 quart um, cooler. I've got a submers submersible 2000 watt heater that will heat the entire thing up to 104 degrees in an hour. Wow. And, and uh, a fountain pump to pump it out to make a shower. And uh, I've got my tent, which is right there. It's a 14 man tent that I can put uh, four queen size air mattresses in. I've See, got three guys. That that's that's glamping. That's yeah. that's not that's not really camping. That's glamping, yo. I got conditioned that, my hand. That, that, but that's 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 glamping. Okay, I, I uh -huh. got I got I got my tent that I had at Palm Bay. My bed from Palm Bay. Mm -hmm. I uh, uh, the coffee pot. That's essential. All right. All right. I'm going to be bringing a, at least a hundred and fifty foot extension cord for the electrical needs if I so may need it. What if extension? Not, what power? Well, I don't know. There, there's bound to be a power a generator or something. There, yeah, there's bound to be an extra outlet somewhere available, at least one for no. five minutes, at no. least. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I'm going like super ultra uh, bug mist sprayer, uh, you know, ultra convenient. Take your shower with you and not have to really, you know, so, worry about so it. Just on, put it in the truck when it's sun heat it. 
on Sunday at the, at the Palm Bay fly-in, when I met you, the first thing you said to me was, dude, haven't had a shower. Sorry about the smell. Yeah. That's not going to be horrible. That was horrible. But this is the thing, me. though. But you have to understand, though, Shane, um, I can't smell. <laughs> we so can't. Well, I, I couldn't. Well, one, I couldn't tell. Two, we drove from Ohio and were there the whole time. Supposedly, they were supposed to have showers there. Come to find out, they didn't. If we'd have known that, I would have brought my shower. <laughs> and I had it here. That's the thing they, mm. that's really kicking me in the ass is I had it here ready to go, but I was like, ah, there's no need. They got them there. You know, well, no, they didn't. So it will be coming with me regardless. I, will I, be I won't be having a problem with that because Ohio heat isn't like Florida heat. There's a big difference there. <laughs> it's supposed to be, it, it should be about 55 at night and 80 during the day. Is that about yeah, right? Yeah. That's nothing I'm like Florida. So, so looking forward to that. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, that's nothing like Florida. Okay. I mean, it was hot, 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 hot. And it, and, hot. and less, in less than 30 days after I leave, I will be back up to hunt less than nice. an hour east of there. Nice. I'm hoping to get, uh, to get together with you know with everyone and and, and when if, if they have questions on on ground handling or kiting I, I would like to extend some knowledge that i might have if it'll help you know i gave you props Anything? earlier i i've seen you kite i've seen you ground handle you're, but that you're was nothing that it doesn't that, matter no, yeah yes it does <laughs> oh yes it does <laughs> i'm used to i'm used to kiting and 360 degree Rotorville. I'm talking, you look anywhere, there's a tree line. You look the other way, there's a church. You look the other way, there's a fire station. You look the other way, there's houses. And I kite right in the middle of it all. I, I mean, I, I find the nastiest, gnarliest butt hurt. If I was in a gnarly situation, I had a, let's say I had a motor out. Let's say I had a spark plug that failed. I had to come in land somewhere, right? I had an out pick. Okay, it's not the best out. You know, well, it's the best place available. Send it down. Okay, well, let's say you fix the spark plug issue. Now you got to take back off. Well, I hope you got some ground handling experience because it might not be an easy takeoff. How long have you been uh, ground handling? How, I mean, how many hours you have? I don't know. I don't keep track. I've done it so much that there's no sense in keeping track. I lose track of time when I do it. Um, right. I, for for me, it's it's complete. I, I view it differently than than a lot of folks, but there's there's a lot of reasons behind that. But um, it's it's more of a personal thing for me. Um, it, it, it it's like dancing. If if you make the right steps and you listen to your partner you can make it look effortless, but you have to listen to your partner. If you don't, she's going to teach you a lesson. And let's and just say, let's just say it doesn't matter how small or how big the glider. She's a 600 pound bitch that will drag the drag you across the floor. <laughs> and she doesn't care about you or anybody else. You know what I mean? Like if you're rough with her, she's going to be rough with you and you're going to feel it, you know? So I, I guess for like uh, you know new people or something like that, uh, about how long 
in years or months do you think that you have trained ground handling? Um, that's right. And, uh, you know, uh, how long do you think that it takes for just like a normal person to, uh, to train to be able to do the things that you're doing right now as far as ground handling? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, the, it, it will be different for different people because each person is different. Your muscle memory is different from mine. Um, I may have skills in certain things that you may not have skills in, and that may may have helped me a little bit. Um, my background was a, a lot in kiting. I did a lot of stunt kiting, single line, dual line, quad line, traction foil, buggying. I, I, I was very big into kiting, and that helped out a lot because I view it as kiting. We, you know, we spend... How many, how many thousands of dollars do we spend on a wing? Quite a bit. Right. Okay. Well, oh. relatively to how much we spend on the wing, how much do we actually fly the wing? A lot. I do. Yeah, a lot. Okay. But how much of that time, how much more of that time could you spend with that wing learning and developing skills that will help you understand what that glider is doing and what you can do to manipulate that glider to move it in a, a position or area you want it to be in. Right. I know you that know. when I first started, I, um, I think I was, I think I kind of for about five months in pretty much like you said, the most gnarliest winds, um, you know, there's a place here, there's, uh, you know, trees here, something there. And no matter where you go, you're going to get some sort of rotor. Um, so before I even put a motor on, I, I think I, I think I knew my wing quite well. However, um, not as well as I would like to, I would love to be able to go out there in more gnarly wind and, and learn more stuff. See the thing, I, I think a lot of times people like everybody's idea of kiting and ground handling is a little different. For example, Let's say JP is kiting a wing and let's say you're kiting a wing and Shane, Shane, is Shane wing. is kiting a wing. Yeah. Shane, yeah. Shane is kiting a wing. Yes. Even though I've never seen it, so it doesn't exist. Yes. I'm just saying, yes. um, Brian Waller is kiting a wing. Okay. Each one of you guys is going to have hey. a one up here or one up there. <laughs> Each one's going to have a different skill, a different way of, of approaching it. Um, some, some guys will pick up faster than others. Um, I, I think it's not so much about the higher winds. It's about controlling the wing and it's about manipulating the wing so much. So I call it the lazy man approach. Don't walk forward. You can walk backward. Okay. You can walk forward, limit yourself, two steps, two steps backward, two step forward. Two steps to the right, two steps to the left, and stay in that square. Don't go outside of that square. Sounds like dancing. Force like yourself. You force yourself to listen to that glider, because that glider will tell you everything you need to know. It's your windsock. It's your everything. If you pay attention to it, it is your windsock. It will tell you what it wants and how it wants it, and it, it's quite demanding. But uh, it will tell you. You just have, and it's different. With a motor, it is different because you feel it different. If you're in a free flight harness, it hugs you. You actually can feel what each line is doing. 
even though they're all connected at one spot, you know, right where your carabiner you know, clips in, even though it's all connected there, you can feel each individual line if you close your eyes and you actually pay attention to what that wing is telling you. Um, there was a time actually out there, Shane, uh, at, at Palm Bay where I was kiting, I don't even know. I had my eyes closed. I had Scott Julius messing with me the whole time. He had his glider in front of my glider trying to block the wind so I couldn't keep it up. I didn't know he was there. He was smacking me with his glider and everything. I thought Nick put a bag over my head or something to show I wasn't looking. Okay, I thought, okay, paper bag over my head, you know, no big deal, you know. The whole time, uh, you know, I'm like, okay, something's going on. I'm, you know, I'm going to, you know, open my eyes. I look over and I'm like, oh, ha, ha, ha. That was like 15 minutes later, dude. <laughs> uh, that was a long 15 minutes. I'm going, man, the wind has not done this here. And this is worse than I even get in Ohio. So what's going on here? You know, after a while, I was like, nah, something, something is awry, you know, just by feeling what was going on. I'm like, mm, yeah, this is entirely too, tr something is awry here, but yeah, it's 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 spend time underneath it and learn from it. Um, there's there's a lot of good resources out there available to the community. I would highly suggest it. Um, beyond highly suggested, actually, um, I'm hoping to put together what I'm going to call the Calamity Kite Clinic. Uh, I'm, I'm calling it that for a reason. When you get there, it's calamity. You got gliders all over the place. People are getting dragged. People are, ah, you know, they're not listening. They're wearing themselves out. Excellent. That's where I like to get them because when they're wore out, then they want to listen. They want to be lazy. They want to not have to move so much because they've been walking all day long. I'm walking forward, walking forward, walking forward when they didn't even have to. All they had to do is just listen to the wing. You know, if the wing's staying up, just relax, man. Feel it. You know, if it's pitching backwards a little bit, that's all right. Step backwards a step. Feel what it's doing. When it starts shooting forward a little bit, coming towards you, let's say if you're facing the glider and it's coming towards you, walk forward a couple steps. Give it a little break. Let it come down a little bit. Pitch control, yo. You know, it's, it's, you're kiting the wing. You're learning how to step with it, how to dance with it. It's, that's what I'm going to say. You're doing the dance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it help. really is. It's like drumming. It's like what you ever watch a drummer. Okay, so what is this, right? It's a dance. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. It's a dance. If you do the dance just like that, you do the drum beat. It's no different than with the glider. The only help. difference is is the wind. How long have you been flying for? Three years. Okay. Yeah. Three years, uh, Palm Bay, as a matter of fact. Uh, that was that was when I was uh, doing the training with Kyle. Mm. Now, do you, do you, uh, would you say that Kyle gave you an extra benefit? Because he's such a, he's such a, 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 a wind guy, a turbulence guy, if you will, a rotor. Would you say you know, that he's in, influenced you in that or? you come up on this on your own that's a good question because all of them are well i mean like kyle's very knowledgeable about you know like the 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 conditions meteorology 
-hmm. He loves astronomy. Good dude, man. Good, good dude. And it, it was like getting together with him was pretty awesome because he, he, you know, he understood my kiting background. He understood I flew airplanes. He, you know, he understood that I, I spent time under a glider. I showed him some video of, of before I was even trained or anything, kiting a wing. You know, like, hey, check this out, dude. Here, check this out, dude. You know, here, check this out. This is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. You know, can you see anything? You know, can I can I do anything differently? You right. Know? Um, he watched me kite and was like, man, you know, you've you've spent some time under your wing, you know. So when I do some work at the pharmacy, just keep at it. And when I'm done at the pharmacy, we'll go to the airport and you know see see what's going on. And if weather looks good, we'll check everything out but i think i think you're about ready man so it was it was pretty much uh it, it was it, it i i was a little bit at ahead of the game because i had spent some time kiting a wing and, and ground handling and learning as much as i could um there is an app called the ground handling challenge which i would highly um, highly suggest anyone and everyone to download and to start at the very beginning and work their way all the way through it. Um, That's one of the things that our, our instructor uh, had us do uh, that will to check help, that out. That will help you become more proficient. Um, I will not say that it's 100% proficient because everything changes, you know. Um, conditions change, weather changes, wings change, people change, you know. Everything evolves, you know. Um, but that is a useful tool um, to to get competency under your glider to understand the, the concepts that I'm talking about. And what is it? And what is it called? And where do you find it? Uh, ground handling challenge. Um, you get, I believe it's uh, groundhandlingchallenge.net or .com. One of those two. I'm not sure. I can't remember off the top of my head i have it on my phone so that way you know nfc bing you know you got it <laughs> um so for for me my um my challenge to myself for kiting wise is i watched lauren michaels he took off with his paramotor and he does a 360 with his wing above his head and then takes off to me that is the greatest. I, even if it's no wind, how do you do that? Well, that, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I actually had I had done everything but the 360 out of the ground handling challenge, and the only reason why I haven't done the 360 is one, I don't have an acro wing. One, it requires an acro wing. Is that what it is? Okay. Two, um, it, it does require wind. You, you're not going to just be doing it no wind. It's <laughs> you, 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 so no if you're going, it's not. okay. So even with wind, if you got a four mile an hour wind and you go against the wind, you've got to double your wing speed to keep that wing above your head. Well, I, they, we, we, a lot of it would depend. Uh, be, well, it would depend on, on <laughs> the environment around. Through the trees, read the conditions for, are you on a hill? Are you not on a hill? No. You know, I mean. He's at Avon I, Park. It's fun. I never saw be. it. I don't, you know, I mean, I'm sure it's possible. I'm sure out there somewhere, somebody's done things that you shouldn't do. I mean, uh, I did, but. <laughs> JP, are you uh, still in here? 
Yeah, he's sitting right there. He's got his leg kicked up. He's in the clouds, so, man. Showing off his uh, knee knee tan. No, what I'm looking <laughs> for is I, I can't do it without being on my phone. It's in, it's in Instagram. I think it's uh, Adrenaline. Oh, uh, what is this? If I lose you guys, I'll be right back. Hold on. Well, I, I mean, find. don't don't worry. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm sure he's no, a the, skilled pilot. He knows what he's doing. If he's doing that kind of stuff, I mean, that, no doubt about it. Oh, where's it at? Let's see. Hold on. Da, da, da. But as far da, da. as 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 far as as kiting three sixties, though, you, you, it does require some wind because you have to keep the glider up. If the glider touches the ground, it doesn't count. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's okay. So it's a a. Uh, let's see here. Hold on here. Altitude. I can't say I've been pretty close. It's altitude underscore rush on Instagram and his video I don't have Instagram. I'm old. Okay, I don't know how to share this. I would love to share this though. What's up, Scott Julius? I was just talking about you, dude. <laughs> He's like, oh oh no, they're talking about me. <laughs> I haven't uh JP you in here? Yeah, he's relaxing. JP, he, he, he's waving at you. He's too far away to hit the mute button, I believe. Uh, mm. Come on, man. Put that stuff away now. You know, I, I got something cool from uh, from Robert. I, it kind of breaks my heart to have to show it. But hey, what? I got to. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, look. He's, uh, he's on the air all of a sudden. He, huh? hey, JP, okay. do you have Instagram? I do have Instagram. Wait, which one's that? Come on, dude. Uh, is that the one with the pictures? Yeah. <laughs> I am on the Instagram. So yep. there, Lauren Michaels is altitude underscore rush. And he does a 360 takeoff with his paramotor. And I'm trying to get you to screen share it, but I have to look it up. What is it called? When, let's see. I mean, granted, it's pretty cool, but there's not going to be very many people that are going going to be doing it or doing no. it often. You know what I mean? I wish that we had really good laminar. What are, what are we watching? Wow. What are, we, what what are, are you watching? What do you subscribe to there, Jason? <laughs> Wish we had some really good laminar wind so we can do that uh, ground handling challenge. Looks like I need to give me some Instagram. Jeez. <laughs> share. I've got it to where I can share, but I don't know where to. Just tell me which video it is. I'm already sharing it. Yeah. If you guys are listening to this podcast right now and you want to see what JP is showing us, just go to clearproptv.com and check it out anytime you want. Yeah. Okay, so um, let's see, JP, if you go down to uh, when is this? I don't even know when the days are. Or, so it's March fourth is the last comment that was on it. It's got seventeen hundred ninety or seventeen hundred forty nine views. What's the picture? 
it, he starts out as a um, forward launch and literally does a 360. He brings the wing up, does a 360 before he digs off. Um, I think you found it, maybe. Right, JP, go back up. Okay, he's just standing there with his paramotor. Right there, right there. I right, stop right there. JP, stop. Go back up. I'm in a completely different. Let me see here, real quick. Okay. No, that's not it. He's got a uh, black and green wing. Must be further up at the top. He wasn't watching whenever you're. Yeah, go back up the screen. Well, guys, it looks like we're going to be doing some uh, fun stuff here in the after party. We really appreciate you guys listening in on this podcast. Uh, you can always come over to ClearProp TV and watch this and see what we're actually talking about. Join us every Monday night at 7 o'clock <laughs> Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. Maybe it's up. Right. Right there. Stop right there. It's right next to where you see him in a trike. He's to the left of the trike before takeoff, right in front of the hangar. Nope. See, look at that calamity. Look at that calamity. That's what I'm talking about. It's oh, a beautiful thing. Take pictures of before and then after. They're all standing together. Right. Not. Right. Yeah. Just just to the right or left of, of that one with the trike takeoff. And what are we looking at? That, well, at this point, I will. Oh, don't make up. a stop. We're at the good part now. The the one to the left. If you go left, JP. Copy. I just want to see if he makes it. Oh, okay. Hey! Let's see if he makes it. That was yeah. the good part. Made this it. is it. This is it right here. Look at this. This is skill. This is my teacher. This is a school I went to. And, yes, every student that goes through there has that little hop as they take off. It's It's so funny. But how do you do this? Oh, you're talking about okay. I thought you were meaning a 360 with the glider. I wasn't. I wasn't talking about running in a circle. I done did that. I did that during the the ground handling competition. Okay. So my question is once again, how do you do that? Well, I did it sideways. I did it side where the wing was sideways, like this, going this direction, like sideways all the way around me. Lots of speed. Like a foot off the ground, <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can. Yeah, I've done that. If I did that, I'd end up with my. Yeah, you can my, do that. I, I thought you were meaning like a, the actual ground handling concept of the 360, where the glider goes like this, like completely 360 degrees. And then you no. kite it upside down. Uh, well, right side up, actually. It would be where you flip the glider and then you flip around and then take off. Hell, that is pretty impressive. No, dude. But, but I, I I get running three hundred sixty degrees in a, in a circle. Yes, I could. Yes, I yeah, done that. Well, there you're gonna have to show times. me that. You're gonna have to show me that because I've done that kiting. Well, great. You're gonna do it in Ohio. Well, if I'm gonna <laughs> do it, you're gonna do it too. Well, I will be right behind you. Go we'll make it like horse. Yeah, I'll I'm do okay. it one time, and then I'll sit back and watch you. An entire bag of potato chips and cheer you on, like, yeah, you're doing great. Now, JP, if you go up a little higher, you'll see him doing like infinity tumbles and stuff with his paramotor on. It's crazy. 
Yeah, see, I'm I'm not interested in doing all that. Nothing. Yeah, interested. me neither. You know. Not on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> not on purpose. <laughs> if I'm wanting to get slapped around and just beat the crap out of it, just give me a fat girlfriend or something. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, I'd be afraid. I'd be afraid doing the infinities with the motor on that the uh, oh that the G's cool. would be too high and you could snap a line. That looks like a Pegasus. Is that a Pegasus? Or you actually mm -hmm. gently hit a throttle at a wrong oh. time? Yeah, that's a Pegasus. He he's uh I think it's a gin carve, actually. Yeah. I got his gin vantage. Is that anything like the gin carve? I I the vantage is a B, the carve is a D. Ah, yeah. probably not. I didn't learn that in school, let's just say. Well, I can say that it's it's a very good relief to know that the guy that taught you knew what he was doing. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. no, that's awesome, man. That, you know, that's showing proficiency right there. You know, he's, he's proficient with his wing. That's awesome. That's what you want. You know, you want a guy that's proficient with his wing that knows how to handle his wing. Exactly. The first thing I, just, I showed up for training down at Aviator, Kyle Mooney was out there doing an infinite tumble. <laughs> over and over and over and yeah. he's like what are six people or something in the world that can do that with a motor on his back yeah wow really yeah Kyle's an awesome dude man awesome dude I that was awesome meeting him it was yeah I got to talk to him quite a few different times it was pretty cool yeah yeah first it was awesome meeting everybody the first time I seen Lauren Michaels uh I showed up a day before class, and he was doing what I call roller coaster, where you throttle all the way up and let off and then pull brake and then do a frontal and look straight down at the ground. And then when you swing underneath it, you do it again. And he was doing that for fun. And I was like, that's what I want to do. And I do it, but not nearly like he was doing it. He was actually, <laughs> he was actually looking down at his wing, and I don't ever want that to happen. I'm just happy I get up in the air. That's, uh, you know, I'm up in the air. I'm a happy camper. I don't care. You know, yeah, I'm up in the air. Uh, 2,000 feet, 5,000 feet, 10,000 feet. I don't, I don't care. I'm in the air. It doesn't matter. You know, um, I usually don't fly low unless the conditions are, are really, really smooth, you know, or, right. or just really nice and right for it. Other than that, I get up, I stay up. I don't come back down until I'm ready to land. Mm. You know, now he's I, he's done a couple of uh, Lauren Michaels has done a couple of uh, SIVs in uh, Italy. Or, no, yeah, where he's actually thrown three reserves because the first two didn't open up. Holy smokes! That's what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah, I'm going up with one reserve. I need like two more backups. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. He's a good flyer. So, are you ready to throw a reserve, Shane? Yeah, that doesn't bother me. Getting getting my hair wet doesn't really scare me too much. It's the uh, wrapping <laughs> myself up. What hair? <laughs> <laughs> the one on my butt. <laughs> um, no, it's just wrapping myself up is my biggest worry. To be honest with you, outside of that, I can I I'm the height. The height is uh, a concern. And I'm being completely, completely honest. Um, I've not been as I've not been as high 
as we're getting towed to, and now I'm being asked to start pulling lines and collapsing crap. That's uh, a little concerning to me, but I plan to do it. I just may not follow through the first time I've been told, go ahead and pull those A lines. I'd be like, no. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I did. I like Brian. <clears throat> Brian, I like your attitude. You're <laughs> like, I pulled him. You didn't see that? <laughs> yeah. I'd be the same way. I mean, a instructor, he's going to know better. He's like, yeah, man, you didn't do that right. <laughs> I'm like, dude, look at my hands. I pulled them. <laughs> That's the first time they try to teach me to do an oscillation in class, you know. I was like, I just did an oscillation. Well, do it harder. <laughs> that's going to be the one time you see uh, Shane doing a pull-up on his riser is when they're like, okay, pull the ace. It's like, Ugh, I did. <laughs> the A's are not that bad. It's, it's, it's not the A's. It's the, uh, it's the beeline stalls that are hard. Yeah. The, I, I call it the hot dog. It makes your wing look like a hot dog when you're up in the airs. It's like... Oh. oh, oh, the beeline. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I caught the hot dog because that's it, what it makes it look. It make, yeah, we're looking at a hot dog. That's what a hot dog looks like. It's like, you know, making me hungry. Yeah, I know, right? Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Well, guys, we're rolling on almost two hours of show today. We're gonna go ahead and cut this thing off real quick. Uh, not the hot dog. We're just gonna terminate this on YouTube. <laughs> Uh, we really totally appreciate you guys being on here and watching us. If you want to watch us live, go to Clear Prop TV. If you want to listen to us, you can listen to us on any podcast uh, application that's out there. Yes, there is an app for that at uh, paratalk.org. You can actually watch us live or listen to us live most of the time. Tonight, tonight not so much. I didn't turn it on. But anyways, you all have a great day. Thank you for watching. Subscribe if you haven't. Uh, thank you, JP, for being on here. Thank you, Never Trust a Skinny Chef Shane, Linda Anderson, Brian, hey, Bail, Baller, <laughs> Tommy Mosley, and thanks, thank fun. you very much, Sean, for, for jumping on here and chatting with us. Uh, we're going to still talk after, I, um, after we uh, get off of YouTube, but uh, for all you YouTubers, thank you very much. We appreciate you, and we'll, we will catch you next time. Peace out, y'all. Peace. All right, live stream is gone. Woohoo! You ain't got to go home, but you got to bail out of here. Yeah, I got to bail. Now just as recording. Uh, we are stopping the on the uh, recording because that's the end of our show. Sean, I'm looking forward yep. to hanging out with you again.